0: Hey, this is Teresa in another episode of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast. And oh my gosh, I have got a magical guest from down under. You're going to love the accent and more <laughs> so the story. The story that Georgia is going to bring is, is um, really powerful. And so Georgia Hanson, I'm so thrilled you were here. So take a minute to tell us what you do today. Like what's your work and what you love about it?
1: Ah, thank you. And I'll just preface this that this is this not where i usually hang out
0: <laughs> sometimes in the car are not doing your business car. in your car
1: <laughs> sometimes it is because that's easier i have a husband at home and he's like all over the place with his work <laughs> outside so it's it's sometimes easier to just go out in the car and and type um but <laughs> thank you for having me um i am i'm a few different things i'm a publisher And I come from a PR background Mm -hmm. and I guess what I've just realized in the last couple of weeks is actually I'm an artist and a storyteller Mm -hmm. and I have a big story to tell. And I guess my, what I love about that is also shining a light on other people and their stories because we all have a huge story to tell. But um, my background, I guess, in PR has always been like shining a light on on the messages and on the beauty and the magic and the stories and 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 the things that the 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 publishing and the books that I create are telling the stories that mm. don't usually get told, like mm. the, the the taboo subjects, the ones that make people a little bit uncomfortable, um, because that's I guess I'm and this is something I say to people quite often. I have people coming to me for guidance. I'm an intuitive guide and a whole range of things, but I'm comfortable in the dark and Mm. sitting with people in the darkness. And, um, you know, like I've, even this week I've said to a few friends okay I'm down in the well with you we've got tea and Tim Tams I don't know if you have Tim Tams over there (laughs) they're like this beautiful chocolate biscuit we've got tea and Tim Tams and we're just going to sit and I've got the torch and I've got the ladder and we've got the Mm -hmm. rope and when we need to get back out we can do that but at the moment we're just we're just going to sit and breathe and take some space and um, I think that is also what telling stories is about and mm-hmm. um, you know like it, it's, it's so the books that I tell it's not just it's an energetic transaction mm-hmm. it's an energetic container where people feel safe and we work through mm-hmm. yes. the, the, the first book that I've got is um called extraordinary to be launched um in a few months and it's about inspiring stories of children and adults living and loving beyond the label so um, of disability and mental health and medical diagnosis.
0: And these stories are not easy to tell. Yeah. yeah, They're not shiny and glitzy and happy. Ending no. All the time. Yeah. No, you and
1: know, they're the stories that the world re- needs right now. So.
0: Well, I think the world needs tea and whatever those things are in the dark. Yeah. Because because <laughs> most people like we crave that we crave somebody to be with us. And we're also at the same time, terrified, terrified of falling in, not getting out. So, just you starting that, Hey, is anybody else like on the, on listening, going, Oh God, will you take me there? Right? Like that was, just so, I just <laughs> want to punctuate how our souls need just the holding. So thank you for doing the holding in the world. Cause that, that, that's rare. Like there's a lot of people that they'll play in the shallow, you know, they don't play in the deep with the T. So yeah, I know yeah. you have a story that is, um, it's a tragic story. And yet it it has informed everything in your life and your work. And so I just want to tell you guys, as you as you hear the story, I don't want you to say, oh, I can't relate. I didn't have that experience. It's easy to, it's easy to point and say, oh, that was hers. Oh, that thank God that didn't happen to me. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop listening. I want you to mm-hmm. listen for the universality, listen for because we've all had loss. We've all had to make sense of like, wow, that's not how I thought it was gonna go. We've all had to deal with tragedy and process anger or self-blame. And so even though you might not have had the exact same situation as Georgia, I want to be focusing on wow, where can I learn from her expansion through the tragedy? Deal. Okay. All right, Georgia. So you Thank, you. Yeah. Thank
1: you for saying that as well, because that's the biggest part of um of for women like me is because a lot of people can't look at it. So they it's really? unfathomable. I don't want to I don't want to look at that. It's uh, and we end up really lonely because yes. people yes. walk away. so um, yeah, my story is that five years ago, um, she's it's we've just gone through the fifth birthday anniversary. I was um, it's I was going to hospital to have my baby girl. Uh, we had three be- beautiful boys that I knew of her for um, ten years. I'd say I knew her soul was coming. Yeah, I had seen her name written out on a on a chalk driveway in a dream, and so I I already knew her name. I knew what she looked like. I would see her in toddlers, like oh um, like with curly blonde hair. Yeah, yeah, um, and. I just I just knew it wasn't it wasn't even that like oh I need to have a girl like in my life it's not it you know I had three boys and I and on my on my when I had my third son I turned to my husband I said she's still coming and he said I know yeah. <laughs> Oh god <laughs> um, it, was, it was this gender disappointment but it wasn't because of like I needed to have a girl it was just yeah. I knew her soul was coming yeah. she was yeah. we had done this dance so many times and I didn't even realize how how strong our bond was until so we went to hospital and I just had this sense of like there was nothing wrong perfect pregnancy low risk Mm -hmm. um went to hospital and on the way I just felt like this sense of doom that's the only way I can describe it like this impending sense of doom that and I I had the the thought of what was hap- going to happen did not occur to me. It was just okay. this, the lack of excitement. Yeah. And so, uh, and knowing that this was our dream coming through. So what, like, just didn't make sense. Yeah. And then yeah. um, we arrived at hospital in very, very active labor and um, was, we were made to wait in the waiting room, the consult room for a, an hour before we were taken through and um the midwife was doing the checks and the Doppler and I was literally 10 seconds between contractions at this point. So just doing my breathing and I had done a sacred birthing program. So I was prepared. Um, and we, so we went and we sat on the, um, she laid me down and ended up calling a doctor in for for a scanner and the, um, they were all kind of. There was the three of them in the room: the midwife, my husband, and the doctor, all looking at the screen, all poker face. And I wasn't thinking much of it at this point, still. And then um, she got a second doctor in, and it was when the second doctor. So they were all at the end of the table, and I saw the first doctor take her her pager out, and just this this movement of her going like this, and them all looking at each other. I was like, what the is going on? Like yeah, what yeah. what's happening? And that's when the doctor said she put her hand on my knee and she said, I'm so sorry, we can't find her. There's no heartbeat. And you know, like here, I was I was heavily laboring. I'm like, Well, she's right there, I can feel her, like find her. She's coming, and, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um what do you mean? What do you mean? And then um a third doctor came in and he, he was the one who had to confirm his you know, I'm the most seen, this is a major, major maternal hospital. I'm the most senior in the room. Three of us have confirmed that your baby is gone. And, um, and then, and then my world exploded. Um, And it wasn't, my husband came around and he, he sat, he took my face into his hands and cause he had seen all along, he had seen like the lack of movement on the, on the scanner. And he said, it's true. Like she's, she's gone. Um, I cannot ever tell this story without crying. Um, but the most magical thing that happened next was—it um, was like I, I, I explain it like um, Alanis Morissette of Dogma when she plays God. Okay. She's got, she comes in and she's this 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 loudness, like this echo that is a vibration that we can't as humans mm-hmm. like. You take in and that came through my body in every cell of my body and just said this voice just said everything is actually going to be okay oh. and I have always like I didn't know how but I knew that I had to trust that and that was like that faith in God source whatever you want to call it
0: yeah.
1: was literally the thing that saved me and so I uh, all I knew was that okay I'm like, I was still very, very active. At that point, my body went into shock and I had like the label was still going, but I wasn't really feeling it for a few moments.
0: Mm.
1: And then it ramped back up like a hundredfold. And I said, just get her out of me, like cut her out. And they refused to do that. He talked me out of it. And then she, it was the most magical, sacred experience. And anyone who's been through it will probably say the same that they can't explain, um, the whatever process of birth it is. Like most angel moms that I come into contact with, whether it's m- most of them don't end up with a cesarean, most of it is natural. Oh, it's interesting. Okay. Even if, even if you've had the drugs, they don't work. So it's, um, it's this, it's, it's a God-like experience. It really is like it's um, sacred. Sounds like sacred sacred. Sacred, mm-hmm. and holy. And she was in the room before she was physically in the room. I could feel like scared. she wasn't in her body. Yeah. She wasn't yeah. in her body anymore. So she was born this most perfect and she had this effect on the birth suite that night that I could still, like I was told afterwards that she had this um, huge effect on everyone because she was so fresh. and so beautiful and there was, um, there was bruising, but she was just this perfect little angel and I still remember the midwife holding her, for the first time I saw her, she was holding her draped in her arms and, you know, like when babies are all like crunchy, she was was just this perfect little, like her, her arms were just grace, like she was pure grace, just Just drifting, like, and but I knew that she wasn't in her body anymore, she was a shell, she was in the room, and she was bigger than life, like, she was, yeah. Wow, wow! So, so, yeah, she was would have been five, um, at the end of July, and um, yeah, it was she was the catalyst for changing everything, like, before. And after, yeah, yeah so
0: so like you said I kn- I knew her I, I knew of her like so this wasn't this wasn't a little soul that had a blip this was very deep deep thing Intentional, right and so tell the journey of when when did you kind of go oh I'm supposed to do something with this now because you already had a business you're you're you have other kids you're everything but but when did you know like I'm supposed to help angel moms. I'm supposed to. And that's the term, right? So that's the term I've had still.
1: I didn't know that it was meant to help angel moms, um, but I knew that there was something I I just knew in that moment that he told me uh, that, you know, that God came through me. um, Everything's actually going to be okay. I knew that there's, um, there's something bigger at play. There's something yeah. far bigger than I can imagine at play. Mm-hmm. And that if I'm, if I'm to survive this, then um there's a, there's, I have to do something. Like there's a, there's a legacy that I'm meant mm-hmm. to,
0: mm-hmm.
1: to leave. Like I, it's, it's almost like a responsibility, a duty of care that I need to carry mm-hmm. on this legacy. And I knew I remember grabbing one of the midwives, arms um, and begging her, why is this happening? And she looked at me, she said, I don't, I don't know, but it was like, I I don't know. And I'm so sorry. And then she just disappeared, but it was like, she took my, my unknowing from me. Yeah. And and I just, I just, like, it, it was like, I don't know. I'm so sorry. And I've only like, I'm literally only just realizing that right now in this moment, but it was like, she took that and I, I had, and I never saw her again. She was there for a blip and I, I don't know who she is. Um, cause she was just helping in the room, but I just knew there was something. And I saw myself, um, that it was 24 hours later. I was in the middle of the night. I was chatting to someone and I knew then that, some part of Amelia would come back mm-hmm. and that she would be i could have another daughter and I thought like you know she'd just come back but it was like 2.0 but she i realized that was my survival to get through the next you know 15 months until she was here and then realize ah oh, she's still out there she's like that's not her. Her. yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Right. but i i saw myself um Within three, within a few weeks, I saw myself on stage and I saw like in a big packed arena and I saw this grown woman who I knew was my daughter with, with me on stage and all I cared about, like, I've never been one to want to have, like to be on stage or to be a performer or to be, you you know, know. anything like that but i knew that this it was actually just a knowing it wasn't a desire it was just okay well i've got to make that happen because that's her legacy um but i but the grown woman was my daughter and all that meant to me that she would come back and she would survive and she would make it to adulthood mm-hmm. and so that's what i like i thought oh i've got 20 years or so <laughs> <laughs> but I I knew that I would be sharing a message of some sort. I would be yeah. talking to like on a global scale, yeah. on a global stage. There we are. That's, that's it, all I knew. Yeah.
0: So how, you know, a lot of women and a lot of people, again, I said in the beginning, you might not have had a stillborn baby, but you've had a death, you've had a loss, you had hopes for something that have been dashed. So how do did you go from, you know, raw rage, grief, pain, anger to, I can accept this. Because there's a part of you that accepted instantly, but I'm assuming there was all the human emotions as well, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, the, that's yeah. the work is how do you get into acceptance with what is and process all the things?
1: I think um, it's a hard one because I did accept it straight away. It was because of that knowing that okay. There is, and faith, like having a faith in something that there was something bigger, at, mm-hmm. something far bigger at, than me at play. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's like a simultaneous, I can't accept this, but I have to. Like you, yeah, you just, right. there's no choice. There's actually, you can choose to live the rest of your life um, without accepting it, but that would be dishonoring her. And I... I didn't want. I could never have dishonored her, because I knew that that wasn't that that wasn't her purpose. Like she was intentional. There was a reason yeah. why, yeah. reason why it happened for me. And that's the. I, I have friends who can't accept it, and who who know who can't. Like I, I guess, and and like really good friends. For me, it's if I don't accept it, the whole universe ceases to exist, and mm-hmm. I for me like it was there was no choice but to accept it because yeah. otherwise I wouldn't be here and and none of us would be here and not, all of this would just be random oh. and I it can't really accept is,
0: that it really is the meaning you give something so it doesn't matter what the event is or the level of tragedy or loss the meaning you gave this was there's a high purpose and her legacy goes on and Amelia is still here and I, I of course how dare I not yeah. do that job? How dare I say no to this? Right.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It was. Um, and that's the miracle, right? Like we, yeah. um, it's the shift of perspective from fear to love shift of, and, and no matter what, like miracles are big and small and all over the place, but um, it, and it doesn't matter the size of the event. There's no hierarchy in trauma. Yeah. It's just, you. it's the perception that you give it. And I and this is a huge thing this is an unfathomable thing it goes against the natural order of things it's all of those human things yet it's also and this is what i want to teach in the world and this is what i'm bringing to life is that um there is another way
0: mm. to
1: move through this there is another way it breaks my heart when i see when i see other anyone going through any kind of loss and feeling like they have to live in the trauma or in the loss, forever, like it, there is another way to move through and to live your best life, thriving.
0: So, you um, used, when we talked before the call, you said, I, I find magic in the tragic, hmm. and so hmm. you know, I was a therapist, of course, you have to process all the feelings, we're not saying suppress or deny or pretend but what's the process for how do you find the magic in the tragic? Like what, what steps do you have? Or what do you, what do you share with people for that?
1: Um, And it is exactly that it's by working through, it's not bypassing any of it. It's Mm -hmm. feeling your way through. It's literally, and then next layer. Okay. Uh, And then, but it's also in every single layer, it's finding the beauty in the moments and in the small things and, um, you know, like we had this guardian angel rose that was gifted to us and that became like my husband nurtured that rose like it was his a daughter, literal rose, a plant. It's a literal me? plant rose. Okay, yeah. Okay. And that um so the meaning we gave that rose and it bloomed. I I said a post about it the other day, it bloomed every single day. Every single day there was a new bud. Like it went against all of the rules. The nature. Of like, yeah, sure. <laughs> it, it bloomed every single day until my daughter was born, until my rainbow baby was born. And then it only had buds on it twice more. And that was the day that both my husband's grandparent and grandmothers died. So oh, it and, was... And ra-
0: rainbow baby is a baby after a miscarriage or stillborn, in case you're wondering.
1: Yes. So, her next daughter. Keep okay, yeah. keep going. Yeah. Um, so... Wow. Yeah, so, so that, and it's just the little things. It's funny. Like every day I would look at that photo that um, I'd take a photo of it. I, I journey it's uh, you know, I, I, I track its journey and I would, f- but it's, it's, everything is so much more like because of the depths you go through when you have had a significant loss, because if you feel it and if you allow yourself to go to those depths, it's like, you can equally feel the same in pleasure and in bliss wow. and in joy, and it's yeah. like your heart expands to 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 have the capacity and it's like it's a circle isn't it as it expands if we can feel that down there we can feel that over there you can't so- just cut half of it off and expect to hit the no. whole life right no so that's I guess that's the thing is allowing yourself to feel it so that you can um so that you can feel the joy on the other side, because there's always light and dark. It's the polarity of life. So, yeah.
0: so to me, I do a lot of work with identity and and who you become in the journey. And you kind of stepped into a little bit with that last piece about opening your heart. But Georgia, who do you who was the before versus like mm-hmm. who have you become now as a, as a result of? You're an unequivocal yes to this work. And so what's changed in, in in terms of the becoming part of you, the identity of you? It's it's funny because there's so much has happened in
1: that five years. I mm-hmm. um I have also gone through a huge physical transformation. Mm-hmm. I have lost forty-five kilos and I had a huge, like a very chronic health issue come up that was all part of like my becoming. And mm-hmm. I actually had you know, I had a magazine that I was, that I was about to put out last year called the Chrysalis. Like it's, it's, yeah. you can't make this <laughs> um, <laughs> mm-hmm. so I, the, the before woman was someone who knew her light inside, mm-hmm. but was afraid to share it. Wow. Um, and I think now I just know, and I'm not afraid. And I, um, each with each, you know, layer and edge of your transformation, you just get more and more grounded and landing in yourself. And, um, I, I know that I'm here for a message and it's bigger than me. It's before I, I already always knew there was something big going to happen in my life. And I'd already been through quite a lot to get to that point and I but I didn't I couldn't have known it was this Mm -hmm. um but yeah I always felt like I was wise and I had such I was connected and I knew my intuition but I was afraid to share it because I don't know why I was but but now I'm I'm just yeah like you said unequivocal I have zero cares whether i'm making people uncomfortable because
0: nice i was going to ask you that did 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 people did or do people ever be like oh that's so horrible you should you should you should you should be really angry you should you should like did it did it cause weirdness in relationships and or have people like because i i know in our culture we don't do death we do not know how to talk about it we do not know how to be with people in it we're like oh they're better off they're with jesus now makes me want to slap people because it's a platitude it's not helpful and so did you get that and Mm what how do you how do you instruct people to be with somebody that it's just experienced a tragic loss yeah i got that a lot yeah yeah
1: i did um i lost 90 percent of my circles um i lost yeah like dear like dear friends best friends for 25 years i just couldn't fathom (laughs) my situation couldn't put themselves in it so it was easier to just walk Mm -hmm. away Mm -hmm. um so yes definitely I lost people I've had I've had attacks I've had people who tell me I shouldn't be sharing I've had people who shouldn't I shouldn't be sharing photos of my dead baby online I shouldn't be you know Mm -hmm. I shouldn't I shouldn't I shouldn't um people who've questioned what actually happened like didn't you go to your appointments like there's a lot of yeah. there's a, I know. It's crazy. Um, and what I would say, the biggest thing I would say is what makes me feel when I tell Amelia's story, when I tell someone, because it comes up a lot, like people ask, you know, I've got four children. They ask, you know, it, 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 even just the question of well, how many children do you have? I can't not, I, I mm-hmm. can't not, um, yeah. There's sometimes where I don't because it's like a, I know that conversation is going to go somewhere I don't want it to go, but it's just um, it comes up a lot. And so my what what irks me the most is when people go oh, and then that
0: because <laughs> again we don't, don't know how to be with grieving or bereaved, right? Right. right. My,
1: oh, it, it, it takes away
0: the, like oh my god how can you not like she's my um okay so then I, let's think. What would be the, maybe will help people, right? Let's do some teaching. Yeah. What should people do if somebody says, "I lost a child," or "I had a stillborn," or "I miscarried," or or even a death? My husband just died. My yeah. dog just died. What would be an appropriate answer, or an answer that would have felt better for you in the time?
1: I and this is what I what I love the most is when people say, "Oh, I'm like they just show they feel that they it. get it, like they, they feel, feel it." Feel it. They feel it, whether even if they tear up, that makes me feel like, oh, she had an effect on them. Like she's, they feel her, they feel her vastness. They feel her saying, um, I'm sorry, but not in a, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like I'm, I'm, I have no words. If someone said, I'm sorry, I have no, I don't know, I c- cannot imagine, or uh, um, I'm so sorry. One thing that's really like, if people try and compare the loss, though, that's that's a, like if you compare because no one's loss is comparable, but a loss of a child or a, or or an infant is incomparable to a, to another loss. So don't compare the loss. But um, I'm just I'm so sorry. I don't have the words. I um, like if it's a fresh loss, if it's only just happened offering some kind of like practical support mm-hmm. i'm here for you do you need me to pick up the kids do you need me to yeah. drop around a meal but also yeah. don't ask actually just they're gonna they're uh, gonna go just drop Getting a meal through. around yeah. don't, like don't expect anything even a thank you don't expect that for a bit yeah. because they'll come back and they'll thank you but um just yeah. that like just showing up showing up and and not walking away and even if it's showing up with no words it's like you're there and uh, I'm I'm really sorry I have no nothing to say other than I'm here for you um so yeah they're just a couple of a couple of things that's so
0: good a few years ago it was so sad my I think it was 20 my son's friend accidentally overdosed on fentanyl and my this was my son's very from kindergarten best friend and so he and this other friend were gonna to go to the funeral and I was driving them and they said, Mom, we don't know what to say to Susan, his mom. And I said, You tell her you don't know what to say to her. Mm-hmm. Lean in. And I'm so proud of these. I'm gonna cry. These boys, 19, 20 year olds, walked up, it was an open casket, and they were there. And then later they went to the mom and she said, Tell me the stories of him. Now obviously with your daughter, there wasn't the stories, but I taught yeah. the boys, say that you don't know how to you don't know what to say, just be with it. And then share the yeah. stories if possible, right? Yeah. So we got to train people, lean yeah. the fuck in. Don't yeah. go, oh, oh, well, you know, maybe you'll get a kid next time. You know, like don't say oh. stupid shit. <laughs> like, nice. like, lean into the experience. Stupid stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Lean in, feel it. And let them see that you feel it because the the, the hardest thing for, and say their name, say their name, um, the hardest thing for a mom Who's lost a child? Um, is the silence like the deathly silence? Like if, if it's a stillbirth, the silence in the room. Like, yeah. oh, I'm okay. getting goosebumps. Um, yeah, yeah, like you know. Um, but the silence that comes after it is haunting, and you know, like even though I had my three kids around, it was it's the silence in the middle of the night, like when you're supposed to be feeding your child, and it's the silence when people don't don't show up or they don't phone you or they don't you know like it's people think that you want time and space which you do but they also need to know that you feel you're there if if they need you so well, yeah like it's great.
0: it's like there's an old narrative of like I don't want to upset her if I bring it up and it's the opposite I don't mm-hmm. want to make it invisible right that's what it is basically what you're saying is and so look at your own you know, with my, with the boys I was talking about, they were saying I'm uncomfortable because I don't know what to say. So I gave them that counsel, but most of us as adults, like I can't feel that shit. Like that is like, ah, her pain is too much for me. Yes. And you can say that. I don't know. I'm in so much pain, just being with your pain. That would have probably Mm. been relished for you. That would have been like, my God, you're seeing me. It's the not seeing people. It's the like platitudes or just running over it. That is that is that, that that invisibility that that isolation that alienation and like you say you lost ninety percent I'm I'm stunned I I I but I get it because our society sucks dealing with death and particularly stillborns like if somebody's eighty seven you're like oh they had a good life blah, 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 blah. but a stillborn what the yeah. fuck do you say right like there's no words but you got to find words and i know i'm getting a little <laughs> preachy here i'm getting kind of preachy because because i see the truth. i, love it. I, I love see it. i see where we as a society are are really failing oh, we're failing
1: yeah, totally. We, we are and this is like i've seen other i've been in different places and seen other cultures and how they deal with death and it's so beautiful and we just can't like it's just and i've said this from the beginning it's just shit the way that we deal no, with grief totally. and death and instead of it, death is just as much a part of life and it's just as sacred as life. Like it's, it is it, one and the other, they both go together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's against the natural order of things, but it's still, it's, it's sacred and it needs to be treated as such and finding the, the, you know, finding the magic in that and it, it's not for everyone. And I, I understand that, but it's, um, mm-hmm just be, yeah, like you said, just be with it. Just feel your way through just if, and that's the other thing that we'll be producing as well as tools and resources. Cause there's nothing, there was nothing energetically available for what I needed. I remember my best friend was researching all night one, like after Amelia died, she was like, I have, I don't know how to help you. And I I'm reset. Like she, she's told me many times, like she was up all night looking for resources and support mm. of how to help a friend who's just lost a baby. There was nothing. There's nothing. Um, there was no energy. Like, mm. you, do you know what I got offered? I got offered, um, a midwife appointment to come, like your body still goes through the same yeah, postnatal still uh, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one, one midwife appointment in my house and I didn't feel like going, I didn't feel like her coming that day. So that was it. Um, and if I needed my bereavement midwife, I would have to reach out to her because she's so under-resourced that it was never a, like a proactive thing. It's a, yeah. And I was one of the good ones that's dealing well with right. it. So it was, right, right. Um, there was a support group at the hospital that we went through and that's where I've met a lot of my friends. But even that was like red tape. You had to get assessed that you were okay and that you weren't too, <laughs> too messed up to get the support group. <laughs> And I'm like, whereas there's no energetic support, like, you know, you you and me work in the energetic level. There's no, there's, you either go see a psychologist and you go on drugs or, you know, like you're same, same thing they do with antidepressants. And that's fine. If that's, if that's what you need, that's what you need. But there's, there's deeper levels to it than that. And Mm -hmm. there's no resources out there to help Mm -hmm. women through the trauma. Like to you can go see a trauma counselor, but I don't know any trauma counselors that have
0: actually f- experienced. You don't it? have the experience. Yeah, it's it's not the same. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I know you are creating something. You you and and yeah. your friend yeah. is creating the resources for this. Um, yeah. Support groups
1: collect like a, a membership. It's we, we that we're in the process of the of the digging around and, and yeah. combining it like combined magic because it's it's been it's been something I've been working on and researching for the last five years and it's, it's, yeah, the tools and the resources and the books and the support and the energetic support and the, you know, su- women, circles of women who come together and being like
0: collective and yeah. Yeah. So it's Ooh. exciting. So when this episode airs, by then, hopefully Georgia will have links and information. So also where can they follow you? You know, I love your Facebook posts because Georgia is unapologetic, unapologetic, like, Hey, it's, it's Amelia's fifth birthday today. And this is what I'm going through. And, 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 I, and I just want you to to watch what she does, see how she speaks about it, see the, like literally people tell her to shut up and take the photos down and to, you know, go away. You're making me uncomfortable. And you don't, you don't. And so I want people at least to follow you on Facebook. We'll put the link there. And is there anything else, any other place they should follow you at or anything else they should know? know? I'm on
1: Instagram as well. And yeah, we will, we will be mainly on Instagram when we the links and, and things. Okay. there'll be, um, yeah, there'll be lots of stuff coming, but definitely I'm on Facebook and I'm, I'm showing up there committed to myself for the rest of my life. Like,
0: yeah. well,
1: you know, until Facebook comes something else.
0: But- <laughs> <laughs> no, what I'm hearing is you're committed to the truth and speaking your I mean, truth yeah. and, and being unapologetic. And if anybody has an issue, they can, <laughs> I okay so this has been you know it's this is interesting where this went I didn't I didn't anticipate a going here and it's so needed to go here it needed to go to some awareness and some advocacy because there's no reason to let a woman who has just lost a child get abandoned because you don't know what to say and so to me if you're listening to this look inside yourself and it's okay to be uncomfortable. Nobody expect you're not a grief counselor. Nobody expects you're gonna have the right words, but do not abandon people because you are uncomfortable with their pain. Thank that's you. my that's my challenge to you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Whew. All right. Um, is there word? <laughs> <my laughs> is there anything anything else you want to say before we wrap up? No. I think it's just you know find the magic and the grace
1: in everything in in the deep. Trenches of life and in the joy,
0: yeah, and that's possible, right? That's your story because a lot of other women, this would have broken them. There's a lot of research that this breaks a marriage. Mm, it right? does. Yeah. Tragedy, yes. loss, death breaks up marriages. You could have been bitter. You could have, you know, you could have not had another child or resented the the rainbow baby or put put Amelia into her. Like you, it could have been just a cluster. And here you are, this beautiful demonstration of a woman who knew her purpose and is an unequivocal yes. And so thank you so much for sharing your magic and, and Amelia's life and her journey with us all.
1: Today. Thank you so much. I'm deeply appreciative. And for you seeing that, seeing all of that as well, because it's it's not, yeah, it's not easy to look at. And it's to see beyond it, though, you get to see beyond and see the light, so... Yeah, right.
0: magnificent. Thank and I would so say, if you're listening to this, um, who needs to hear it? You might know somebody that had a loss. You might need know somebody that just needs to be remembering that, like, wow, there's a greater purpose than the tragedy that I'm in right now. And so I want you to share this episode because somebody needs to hear this. And so I'm going to trust your intuition, and you will share this where it goes. All right. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching, Georgia. Much love. Mm-hmm. Thank you for this. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is Teresa, and I'm so excited that you were with us today for another episode of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast. You know, if you are inspired to get to that brilliant place, if you heard some wisdom today that made you think, yeah, I need some help in that area, I would encourage you to have a conversation with me. Super simple. You just go to treeskelly.com forward slash Let's Connect. It's a no-charge, no-pressure conversation. And if I can support you to clear the blocks, to really step into that brilliance, oh my gosh, it would be a delight. And I'll be honest with you, we'll just have a great conversation and see where we can take it. Peace and blessings. Bye.